you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd I think I think Rick has that problem himself. This is this is the uh, this is no, it's not the outtakes. There are no outtakes. No, 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 no. This is this is not the kind of warm up we want for our our show. The the tech warm up I don't think is as endearing as yeah. No, yeah. no. Although no, no. no. I was going to say uh, I do want to maybe next week uh, let's arrange a live guest. Uh, just because there is a pre-Thanksgiving benefit at Elusive for a charity that I it is near and dear to my heart, which is the Audacity Theater Company. Okay. So all sales uh, from Pops and Comics on that Monday night before Thanksgiving. Pops? Uh, pop vinyls. The Oh, the Funko know, Pop. Yeah. The ridiculous, which, by the way, ground the L.A. Comic Con to a halt, literally bisected the exhibit hall. Really? With a huge line for the Stanley exclusive pop vinyl. Um, and then... Uh, Did you get one? No. No. I just wanted to walk back and forth and talk to people. Um, but anyway, the Audacity Theater Company, which takes... Uh, which goes into uh, disadvantaged elementary schools yeah. and kind of... It's like a program in a box and does shows. Has kids be in theater and do like the Disney Junior stuff and so forth? Uh, for districts that cannot afford to have one on their to run a theater program of their own, they go to these elementary schools. And so, so, this is somebody we can have on the show, or I, I think I'd like to talk to Lewis. Okay. Uh, he's a listener. Um, and he used it's I like used, Skype him in. Then, to, well, or we can find a public depending on what my schedule is. We can okay. be someplace. Uh, I will be up here through at least Thanksgiving. So okay. uh, so next week I could we could do like, let's go to Seven Stars. I don't know. You know, just be, uh, ask Paul, but I'm sure that they'd be up for that too, is to just be like, it's a cool, huge cross promotion. And as we go, I think the gift guide should be next week because the next week after that is Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. You know, and just be like, let's be ready and, and talk about things. And, and there I always, the gift guide's always like, well, here's, you know, give to a charity. Well, here's a guy talking about his charity that's local, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. anyway, so uh, you know that that's that's a thought. Uh, otherwise, uh, I, I usually let's just get out of the way. So I, I I posted on Facebook that we would not talk about Justice League tonight, so it'll only be in uh, the warm up, as we say. Uh, yeah, Justice League opens next week. Okay, so let's uh, move on. <laughs> Are we live? We're, we've been live. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Then this is Derek McCoy, and Attorney Chief. So we're not going to talk Planet. about Justice League. We this are week. not going to talk no about Justice League. Absolutely no Justice League. Because what's there to say? Week. What's there to say? We don't uh, know anything. No, we don't know anything. We, we you know, it's like it, it is what it is. We you know, we do know. What do we know? Nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also, and I, I'm going to say up, up, up top, I, I meant to say this. I think we're going to drop a modifier from our closing. How about an article? Can we drop an article no. and a modifier? No, only okay. an adverb. 
I think I think before I invest because I thought this is what you're going to say about Worldcom was like what are we going to do? You know, we I we talked at Baycon uh, about making a banner. Now you're using stuff, references that people who are listening to our witty banter. I don't care. That's okay. fine. I, it's business, and if it rolls into the podcast, that's great. Cool. Uh, that at Baycon we were talking about. Uh, you know, I said I should make a banner so that we take it to places like conventions and have right, it up. Right. 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 Um, and I said, well, we should do use your powers only for good. And I've been thinking a lot. And it's weird. These are the things about it. But it's like, that was an off-the-cuff thing that I said, like, in episode six, way back when. I just remember vividly Andy saying, that's your catchphrase? <laughs> you know, and, and it stuck because I was mad at him for it. Um, but I think we should stop the only because it confuses people. And before I print something up is to say, use your powers for good. And, the, and But I actually have a moral reason for this and maybe if people are listening to this part and want to write in and and agree or disagree with me is i think that the thing is use your powers only for good is like well that's we're all human and in these times we just need to try to be the best people we can so we're saying it's okay to use them for revenge no no i'm just saying use your powers for good it's just a reminder instead of a we are going to be inflexible moral moralistic (laughs) because good lord you know we threw that away a long time ago but but you know, I mean, it's just I think it's. Almost, I don't have a big problem with it. Yeah, I just think you know. I think I. The, and if we take the only out, it's easier for people to remember. If you say use your powers for good, which how many celebrities have we asked to say that? Who that's what they say? So say it for me. The way we'll say it at the end. Use your powers for good, or use your powers for good. I don't know. We'll improvise. We'll go through some different emphases over the next know, few it's weeks. It's going to take a look. The, the, I know. It's not. Know. It's not the meaning that bothers. It's the. It's the. The. No. No. I totally get it because we have totally gotten into use your powers, powers only, only for, for good. good. Yeah. So this is, but you know, in these times, use I, your powers. I, this is back for to good. this is the, back to the listen up fanboys. I yeah. want this to be so inclusive. Like you know what, you can come back, and if you haven't used your powers for good. There's still good in you. We Let's forgive you. you. Back. We forgive like, you. Yes, absolutely. It's absolution. Thanksgiving. You can get absolution on a moment's notice. I do hope that you have just uh, done post-production in which there is the sound of heavenly choirs behind that. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I want. All right. So anyway, hey, this is Derek <laughs> McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and you are listening to the Fanboy Planet podcast on Wednesday, November 8th. And my gosh, I well, I'm just going to say, of course, across from me, Producing all this and probably making it sound much better than it has any right to be uh, is, of course, Rick Brett Snyder. There we go. Uh, only Rick Brett Snyder. Rick, only Brett Schneider. Use your Ricks only for, only Brett, for Brett, only Schneider. Schneider only. I think you're, yeah. Schneider only. Mm. Can we put an article in there now? We can have the Rick, the Brett Schneider. Rick A. Brett Schneider. There you go. Because I think that Ron and Bill would have something to say about that. And Elizabeth, definitely. There's actually a Richard Brett Snyder on the East Coast. He's a sheriff. Well, there's a computer engineer. Great story if it ends there. But he was actually caught. He was actually, um, he actually did something illegal and was put in prison. So, And when did he switch places with you? Because uh, I know he did. No, yeah, yeah. So like, there's a Derek McCall on the East Coast, and and the two of us may never meet because it's like Lazarus in right, the Star right. Trek You'd episode be in the tunnel. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you know, you know what? I want to say there's a lot of news this week. Hey, we, we still have one last bit of unfinished business. I think that the new slogan mm-hmm. should debut at our 500th episode. Well, I I say we should the be practicing it. We should be practicing, practicing it. it? Okay. Yeah, but it's going to be the first public. So these are like betas. These are the betas. People, we're at like 490 
489. This is 490. This is 490. So we have nine more episodes to get the rhythm of this right. <laughs> and then publicly at 500. No which pressure. I don't know where it is. I don't know when it is. Yeah. But that's got to be a public performance. We will and I know what I'd out. like to yeah. do. But I also know, as we've said, there are many busy uh, things going on, holiday season, and who knows. Oh, life, yeah. life gets weird. It's going to be January. I Oh, it may be later than that. Yeah. I, you know, because this is already November. <laughs> no, no. I, no I, seriously, yeah. And, and, and there is, I have an idea that I would like, I, but I didn't want to say it to you un- until I could get, make sure that every little piece of it could happen for a special, for a guest. Okay. And to do something really cool live. Okay. There's just a lot of logistics that I don't think we can actually pull off, but I, you know, and when I say we pretty much me, but, um, and it's not, it's not anything that anybody can help with. It's just like that person has to agree to be able to do it. Uh, and and I, that person has to be in person. Is it Todd Rundgren? You blew the damn surprise. <laughs> this is why. Good. I can check that off on bucket list. 498. Uh, that's where we stop. Uh, you know, so <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, oh, this is a lot of foo for all. Uh, uh, that, uh, of course, uh, if you are listening to us in your favorite podcatcher, you know, rate us. Uh, tell your friends. And uh, if anything we talk about on tonight's episode uh, that you wish to purchase for yourself or as a gift, because next week will be our gift guide we just established that we will uh, yes. you know and, and i'm already getting emails from uh publishers and so forth saying hey have you done a gift guide how about this you know sky, sky cool. has got some interesting stuff star trek's offering stuff like uh discovery um no it should give the gift of discovery and and anyway uh you know you, and if you cannot find it at your local brick and mortar store you can use the handy dandy amazon link and speaking of star trek and discovery of course you can also go to think geek on our site there we are an affiliate of think geek uh, and anything you purchase through the link on the Fanboy Planet website, uh, we get a small kickback on that as well as an affiliate. So, uh, you know, give early and give often. And if you'd like to donate directly to defray the cost of the podcast and the and the blog, I like to say website, but it's a blog, isn't it? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's I not say, a blog. Yeah, blog, you've... Are there legal definitions? No, well, blog doesn't typically write about other other people kind of things oh yeah. I, you know I, yeah. usually you 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 were i have no sense of self i live completely yeah. in a fantasy world so i, I think it's, it's a qualify a, it's a it's a uh, all right it's geek a, news no when i started it was a it was a it was a website and then it, yeah. I, I i accepted zine and now i say blog just because i think it's easier for people to understand uh it, most people get that concept uh but anyway so blah if you want to help defray the cost of it you can go to paypal and editor at fanboyplanet.com yeah and of course if you have any questions comments compliments commentary criticism you can write to us at editor at fanboyplanet.com or find us on Facebook of the Fanboy Planet page, uh, which actually had a little conversation this week about one of our news items. So it was nice to get, you know, helps give me feedback and help me formulate thoughts for what we're going to say. Uh, and you can also tweet us at Fanboy Planet, uh, which I believe uh, Quincy, um, why am I going to say Marshall? That's not right. Uh, the guy who directed Friends, FN Friends. Um, oh, um He's tweeted at me uh, a lot this week because he's now over that film, Friends, F and Friends, F and Friends, yes. is on Amazon Prime. Yeah. So uh, that's been very exciting. I, I love that. And, you know, I also got an email back about that sci- prodigy that we saw at Cinequest. They got a distribution deal. Oh, good. And they wanted me to know. And I was like, yeah, awesome, because I love when movies that we love uh, at a festival, you know, gets they, they don't just disappear after the festival circuit they're going to be somewhere and you can see that but anyway blah so there you go you can tweet us at fanboy planet uh and so let's get into it yeah there's comics news it's like everything has a top every topic 
every category has a top story this week. Quincy Rose. Quincy Rose, yes. I knew it was Quincy. Yeah. Uh, and his dad uh, directed one of my favorite movies growing up, Student Bodies. Uh, wrote and directed that. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother was so like jealous that I knew somebody related to that movie. Uh, so anyway, uh, so I'm just going to take the top stories as they happen in the categories. And that is, I thought that on Monday, the biggest story... That turned out to be well. It's a non-story, but it's a but it's a story again. We'll get it's the back biggest to it. non-story. It's the biggest non-story of of uh, of November. Uh, it and it was topped uh, by and that's saying something because by yesterday's, but only for a smaller group of us. We're <laughs> like the non-story on Monday. You could explain to people, and they'd get half of it. Yeah. The story on Tuesday, you could only explain to our people. And they would go, what, what the what? Yeah. And that was a tweet also from Mario Anima, who's like, uh, Fanboy Planet, explain this to me. Which is that Brian Michael Bendis, who, we got to think about this. That Daredevil was like 99, 2000 when he started writing for Marvel. Yeah, I looked him up earlier today because he had done. No, he'd been doing independent yeah, work for, independent a, work for, a, for a while before. He was brought into Marvel for about 18, 18 years. Yeah. And I'm going to argue I'm going to argue. I will argue Marvel would not have happened. Marvel would not have survived if not for Joe Quesada bringing in Brian Michael Bendis. You can make that argument. And it's not because of Daredevil, though Daredevil was amazing. Uh, it was because the turning point that, that was marked was Spider-Man? Ultimate, Ultimate Spider-Man, yeah, Spider-Man and Avengers Disassembled. Yeah. Because that event, love it or hate it, that event changed everything for Marvel, made it attractive enough that they got the courage to do Iron Man the movie, and he was part of that too. Yeah. So 18 years, changing the face of comics, really. And I'm not overselling that. Just amazing work. I'm not overselling that to say that. And there are people that are mocking things about him. He brought uh, decompressed storytelling. He is a big fan of... uh, of, Breaking molds, like Alias. Of David Mamet. And so he brought a new level of realism to dialogue. Yeah. Uh, And yes, some of it's easy to to parody, and sometimes he fell into self-parody, but he went from being a gritty crime writer to being Ultimate Spider-Man, was a heartbreaking retelling yep. and reinvention, and then he turned that around again and created Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, he's ending up at Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man, where I would never have predicted in 2000 that that's what he was going to write. Along yeah, the way... Real good. 19 issues, I think, of, uh, of along the Along the way, uh, Powers... Uh, which he had not originally been exclusive. That was image originally, and then became part of Marvel's icon line. Uh, and Scarlet, uh, which I, I is one that I just say, if you want to just talk about your dialogue again, I and I, I told him that. Is the first issue of Scarlet was like, this is a monologue. This should be a dramatic monologue that high school kids, high school girls, because she's a female yeah. protagonist, are using for audition pieces because it's so nuanced and it's so it's so emotional and it's so spare at the same time and it's some of the best of what of what Bendis could do and then yesterday he announced he's exclusive to DC out of nowhere and <laughs> it's like boom uh, so where's he live Portland okay. He used to be Cleveland, so he was a crime reporter. Yeah, and then did and I, I tell people because I went through when he first hit big. It was actually you know Michael Goodson, original co-founder of Fanboy Planet, way back when, became obsessed with him, and we bought 
because we kind of pooled our money a little bit and he kept all all this stuff but we bought the uh, jinx aka goldfish so his crime books uh and then the great uh, uh i want to understand torso the story of elliot ness after the story of the untouchables um and so he was a great crime writer which made him perfect for what daredevil had become and uh and then he did fortune and glory and uh, which was about his adventures in Hollywood, and I'm blanking on the title of the follow-up. There's two, two graphic novels, but they are wonderful because people also forget he was a good, pretty good cartoonist on his own. He was part of the brain trust for the Marvel Cinematic Universe until Kevin Feige went to Disney and said, I can't work for Ike Perlmutter anymore, and movies and television separated. So up until Doctor Strange, Brian Michael Bendis had a hand in every Marvel movie i'm so happy that we're talking about somebody we're saying was and they're still alive which is funny because he said yesterday he's like at the end of the day on right. facebook he's just I like i now know what we did. and he uh, he and i had occasional uh you know correspondences i think i got a letter to the editor in powers a couple times and we knew each other face to face for years and then i he stopped going to comic-con and it gets bigger and bigger and harder to run into people so i he would not know me from adam now but one night one glorious night he gave me a three-hour interview on the phone and we just talked all night and it was like i can't believe i'm talking to a guy this you know that that is this important to the art form that i love yeah and uh you know so uh i i'll never have a bad word to say about brian michael bendis and according to uh, you know what little has been released, he's been promised a seat at the table at DC Films as well. So collaborating, and Jeff Johns tweeted out a congratulations today and how he could hardly wait to start working with his friend Brian. Um, so Bendis is going to be uh, helping shape the cinematic future of DC. And uh, as well as, I'm sure, finding something quirky in the DC universe comics to suddenly make super insanely popular because people forget that you, as you say, Jessica Jones, once known as alias, can't call it alias anymore because of the ABC spy series with Jennifer Garner, but that how groundbreaking that was. And as I told you at dinner, like I, I binged through seven issues of the revival that's going on right right now and went, yeah, there was new issue out today. And and with with Bendis, you know, I will say that with Jennifer Jones, uh, Jessica Jones, Jennifer Jones was an actress in the forties. Yeah. Uh, J- Jessica Jones, I think there is something to be said about reading an arc all at once because yeah. of of just the way you know there's the, he focuses so much on little details in that, but you wouldn't necessarily know that that's the guy, same guy who was writing Guardians of the Galaxy it was a no. totally different tone, fun yeah. book, yeah. Um, and I, I want to say uh, the book that I love, absolutely love right now is is Infamous Iron Man, the the redemption of Doctor Doom as uh, by Bendis. You know, it, is that each issue that I read is like, oh my gosh, I never wow, this is really cool. And I just uh, you know I love his way of getting under character skin. So take him over to DC. I'm trying to remember when the last issue came out because it may have been. They may have skipped a month, or I wonder if it's not being produced. Anymore. I'm a little bit behind, and I think it. I think the the problem at Marvel, 
that I have is that so many things are designed to just be little arcs and then go away. Yeah. So you have an interesting concept, and I have no doubt that that concept was going to go away. And it's too bad because I love what Bendis was doing. And, and I, I don't feel that so much under Rebirth over at DC, so I think he's got a little more room to breathe. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's take this and say what books would you I, – because you, you told me you want to write a Batman story. I'd like to see him do Batman. No, I'd like to see him write Batman stories. I don't think he'd get a shot at writing Batman regularly. And the reason being oh, yeah. is I don't think that he could do – I think that's too editorially controlled. I would I'd like, like to see him do it like a solid arc, like the Batman White uh, storyline or the – Which is actually really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, as I say, it's almost an alternate universe yeah. or out of continuity story. He would kill at. I mean, he'd kill in yeah. the regular book too. But I, I just feel like it's a waste when there's so many characters. You know what I like to see him take on? Just because it, it's just not been done. It, they've they've tried and tried and tried and tried, and it's not been done right since mm-hmm. the original. Metal Men. Yeah. No, I could. I. I don't think that that's that, a challenge to to find a story to write about I think, those characters. I think everybody loves Metal Men, and nobody's doing, and Anything. nobody handles it quite right yeah. now. Uh, maybe because there's something silly at the heart of it, mm-hmm. like a lot of those '60s. I want to say almost they were responses to Marvel. Like DC did not understand why Marvel was selling well, so they went, "They're right. just goofy." So that's why you got Metamorpho. Why you got right. Metal Men, um, Angel and the Ape. A- oh God, I love. Oh. Let us see Bendis do Angel and the Ape. No, you know what? I, I, I One that I've been thinking about a lot that I would love to see revived, and, and maybe just because he, he is a funny writer, can be a very funny writer when it needs to be, uh, is let's bring back the Inferior Five with uh, with Bendis. That'd be interesting. But those are you know those are goofy spitballing. The thing I would think most likely another. fit, uh, Manhunter, I think the Kate, yeah, uh, yeah. Which uh, that was, was fit. That's created by his friend Mark Andreco, who was his collaborator on Torso. Are we talking Manhunter, the Paul Kirk? Man no, 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 no. Kate. Um, I can't remember what Kate's last name is. Oh, the, the yeah, DA, okay. yeah. Um, who had like the bits and pieces of other people's costumes, right? Um, she's an interesting character. I could totally see uh, her coming back. Chase, the woman who worked for the DEO. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, and that's playing to the things that I think he has done the most strongly. And I, I, one thing that I think people have not given him enough credit for is how quietly, just by doing what he wanted to do over at Marvel, Bendis pushed a lot of diversity in characters, not just Miles Morales, but think about this Echo, a Native American deaf woman. Who became Ronan? Was that the um, the Avenger that she became? And Hawkeye wore the suit for a while too. But yeah, um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I say there's Miles, um, and, uh, and and you know Jessica Jones definitely is thing. But I don't think that you'd even have a Luke Cage TV series if not for uh, the popularity that Bendis gave Luke Cage by putting him. Uh, as part of the alias cast and then in making him an Avenger. I'll give you two more. One that plays to the hard case crime side, mm-hmm. perhaps. Uh, human Target. Bendis could kill with uh, with Human Target. And then something in the DCU. This is this is this may be too hard of an echo against what happened in Marvel, but take 
uh, Adam Strange and and turn that into more than it is now because right now it's it's still strange adventures adam strange things weird things happen on a planet he goes off and invests it's like space detective well make, make it's being redefined right now by yeah metal, it's been redone it's been redone a couple of times but yeah. uh adam strange I'd, I'd like to see somebody take all right well let me tell you something else then uh because i don't think you knew this is that with it um the rumors are very strong and we reported on this rumor a while ago but definitely uh one of your favorite writers tweeted a picture of the boys getting up on their desks in Dead Poet Society saying, oh, my captain, my captain. Oh, captain, my captain. Uh, Jonathan Hickman yes. wants to follow Bendis because Bendis is the one who brought, who recruited Hickman into Marvel. So um, Hickman wants to go to D.C., and okay. he's going to follow, uh, which we've talked about. And we know he had lunch with Jim. We found so gossipy. Yes. We know he was spotted having lunch at the Warner Brothers commissary. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was yeah, just lunch. It was just lunch. It didn't mean anything. Uh, no, but it, it it could mean, you know, and that's it. it you just asked me where, he, where he's, he's from. Marvel is still located in the East Coast. And this, I think there's right. another domino thing is that I, I don't know how much longer Marvel can exist in New York as the last comics company standing. The industry outside of Marvel has largely moved to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC is run out of Burbank. Uh, you've got Image is up in Portland. It used to be out of Berkeley. Right. Um, IDW San Diego. Dark Horse is up in Portland. But they have offices in LA too. You know, so everything's happening on the West. Yeah. So, uh, and I would think for Bendis... Well, that's even easier. I know he likes, you know, he has children. He likes to come down to L.A., go to Disneyland. Uh, so does Gail Simone. Uh, but she likes to go to Disney World. Who doesn't love to go to Disneyland? But I know that, you know, because I yeah, see yeah. on Facebook when they post photos and they go, ah, oh, that's awesome. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think this is great. It's just a shot in the arm. I mean, he's written just about every character at Marvel. Uh, I think that the only ones he didn't really get to write that he may have had a dream of was Fantastic Four. And we just know that's not quite in the cards anytime soon for Marvel. So it's time for Bendis to go over and just make his mark at DC. And I think that they need, they've got Tom King to some extent. Uh, you still have Jeff Johns, but Jeff Johns is very limited in which books, how many books he can write per month. Yeah. I don't well, I don't know if Johns is on one at all right now. What would you want to see Hickman write? I actually, I think we talked about that a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, when it was first in... Um, you know, logically, because they just brought it, they alluded to them at least in um, in metal, uh-huh. uh, is that I think Hickman could do something very fascinating with Challengers of the Unknown. That's exactly where I was going. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's, and it's such it's it's such a parallel with Fantastic Four. He did some amazing things with Fantastic well, Four. On the other hand, but but uh, it's almost yeah. too it's almost too much to be expected. I, I'd like to see them create something new because that's the, you know, I again, not to oversell, is I read an article saying, you know, Jessica Jones is like the only, because of the Netflix series, like, I'd argue that's the only 21st century, the character that's been created in the 21st century that's uh, that's really been new and fresh and, and, and taken hold. And I'm like, no, I think Jessica Jones has always been great, but the only reason that she's popular right now is because of the TV series. Yeah. Um, but that, but let's be fair. Um, that that what Bendis did was create Miles. Even though he's a Spider-Man, he's still such a new take on it. Oh yeah, that's character's yeah. gone. 
And, and it's not the only character. And it's not just the Spider-Man characters, the whole supporting cast, too. Which is basically the sporting cast of Spider-Man: Homecoming, yep. with different names. Yeah, uh, you know. So uh, I, yeah, I, I think it's it's awesome. I cannot wait. Uh, I'm just gonna like to push people back to the website. There is a 2004 that three-hour conversation got winnowed down to a four-part interview, uh, and one in one moment in 2004 in which he said, "Yeah, I'll write for DC someday," and we had a. I, I asked him to write Metamorpho because that was my favorite, and then he turned it to ash in my mouth because that's what he did at the time. Uh, you know, Hickman Hickman's work uh, in image books uh, typically he's so big on inventing modern mythologies of mm-hmm. stories, and I'm just trying to th- I, I'm I keep on thinking okay, so in DC where can you go with that kind of thing, and I was never I never got caught up in justice league dark with what what happened there but i think if you give him an assignment like that and let him pull the supernatural characters into something more yeah almost like when george perez and uh when they redid the whole wonder woman mythology Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. but do that with with the dc or rather supernatural i I was think more likely hickman would create something new yeah and so would bendis i want to see where's that that mark of a new character from bendis that fits solidly in the dcu sure and i hope that it's a good fit you know because i was thinking about this uh recently is we almost forget that jeff johns wrote for marvel for a little while Mm. and it didn't work like he wrote a thing miniseries it was eh. Um, and he wrote a kind of infamous run on the Avengers that we all just sort of forgot about. Then Ben just stepped in and made everybody forget about that. So, and I'm not saying that to diss Jeff Johns because obviously Jeff Johns has yeah. done a great work over at DC. Dan Slott used to be at uh, DC and his work didn't quite fit with what was going on over there. It was good stuff. I liked it, but it wasn't until he got to Marvel. Now, my favorite part about all this, of course, is that Tom Brevoort, uh, the editor-in-chief over at Marvel, uh, has just been telling DC they better you know, make sure they've got a good copy editor, uh, proofreader on hand. Uh, and they, a lot of the editors over there have been tweeting out different um, misspelled versions of superhero names and so forth because, well, Bendis, by his own admission, is, you know, he is a terrible speller and his grammar is bad, so an editor always fix it, fixes it. But uh, we're looking forward. We don't have any details beyond that, but like I say that was the big news. Um, and he leaves at a time when there is, he leaves a great legacy, as Marvel has an event called Marvel Legacy, and I just wanted to touch base on it. Last Indeed. week, Rick uh, recommended... Uh, and his what's in the bag, Captain America, uh, I guess it's not really number one, but, you know, the Marvel Legacy number one. Right. Mark Wade and Chris Samney, and I picked it up uh, finally. Went in last night and bought a whole, whole stack of books that had been in my box for a couple of weeks. And I read that and just went, if all of Legacy can be like this, yeah, where it is a book that a kid can read over and over and treasure, then Marvel did it right. Yeah. I'm not sure they did, but that was such a great, that was, that was like, and I guess the problem is Wade is really good at writing a story that gets to the heart and the, you know, why a character is iconic. And this is not to diss Wade. It's hard to, you can't tell an iconic story issue after issue after issue, you know, right. you can encapsulate and that's what this issue did. Mm-hmm. He will tell a good story, 
But it's like, you know, my favorite Superman origin retelling is his birthright. And it's largely because of the last issue. Like, he just did <laughs> this beautiful thing that encapsulated that. There's a Peter Parker story about Uncle Ben that is, uh, and Mark Wade's written many great Spider-Man stories, but that was one where she's like, yep, you got to the heart of everything. You summed up Uncle Ben. And then, but if I You're saw done. that in another story, well, no, 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 it's, yeah. not, it's just, and that's how I feel about that Captain America. There will be adventures of Captain America and Mark Wade will tell, and has told great Captain America stories. This particular issue was yes. like, oh, that's why we need a Captain America. That's what makes this character so great. And I hope that somebody gives that's it That's why it resonates so much. And I hope that somebody gave yes. it to Chris Evans. Yeah. You know, I, I really do. Because sure. it's like, that's the Captain America Chris Evans plays. And, you know, and, and which that was great and then I read the power pack one shot and I love that they're doing that with legacy there are five one shots that are just like okay these are characters you might think are cool they're not committing to a series they're just like hey this is and I'm sure it's like so we can recapture the trademark of the perfect name power pack of you know master of kung fu that's another one I can't remember what what the what what some of the other ones are but uh, you know there are five I know that there are five that's that's yeah. all and it's like this is great. I wish that that more publishers would do that. These one shots <laughs> that kids can read over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And like I say, I'm not. You said you read the Thor legacy, and it didn't accomplish that. Well, Thor, like it was, it was two things. It was the legacy, and it was the 700th issue of Thor, going back oh. through all the numbering. So too much in one issue. Yeah. So I mean, the, the I mean the, the the thing about that one was again they wanted to bring back all the creators from in recent memory, and they wanted to touch on all the different faces of Thor. So they and there's a nice Kirby splash page with the Kirby Thor with the boots that flare out mm-hmm, and like all mm-hmm. And then there was a there's the the problem with the book in my mind is they tried not to have the little four page vignettes of each one of these variants on Thor. But they were telling them over time, and interspersed, and I just thought it, it was kind of weak, weakly presented. I think so. this is one of those things that I, I hear, though I never heard him speak aloud. But the voice of Jim Shooter, every book is somebody's first book. Yeah. And when you've got something that's a great jump on point like this, I almost feel like, and I'm sorry because I appreciate experimental storytelling as much as the next guy. But if you're going to have a large section of the audience that just might be discovering comics for the first time. Yeah. Uh, Especially with Ragnarok out right now, people are going to dive back into that, that mm-hmm. comic book shop and say, give me a good Thor book. And I mean, you had a story, you had an uh, article on Fanboy Planet about here are, the, here are the graphic novels you can pick up. And those are all great stories. Right now, Thor's going, Thor is one. It's still the Jane Foster Thor. Thor. She's dying. She's in her last last legs as mm-hmm. as a living being uh odin's son the original thor is uh maybe gonna go back probably gonna go back to being thor again yeah is he, no maybe. is he worthy there's no probably there will be um we had a great introduction of the war thor an mm-hmm. absolutely br- have you read that did you do you know not what yet. i'm talking about not yet i do know what you're talking about but i, I haven't read brilliant it. concept and incredibly well set up I did not see it coming. I, I, I typically stay away from the spoiler mm-hmm. web pages and stuff, so I don't know that this stuff is coming up ahead of time. And it totally paid off for me. Um, but at the same time, and that happened the issue before. So mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah. I appreciate that they brought in the frog Thor. You said frog. Yeah. Frog. 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 Which is alluded to in uh, yeah. in Ragnarok, which was funny. You yeah. know, I'm like, uh, Marvel get crazy because if somebody at Disney marketing realizes, my God, there's a frog Thor. And frankly, if they, if they had put the frog Thor three or four pages or where was quite brilliant in how they how they made the frog thor an effective character well you know you talk about the storyline and people say they roll their eyes and go i remember that being a damn good arc yeah yeah and so thor versus the rat king right yes yeah and uh yeah so uh anyway that's okay there's a pickup if nothing else out of out of marvel legacy pick up that captain america by mark wade and chris samney which, by the way, I gotta say, I've always liked Samney's art, but it definitely reminded me of um, the guy who drew Captain Easy, almost a Milton Caniff, oh, but that's not yeah, Captain yeah. Easy. I want to say it's Buzz Dixon, um, but there was something that really felt like a good '40s adventure strip. Yeah, yeah. To Samney's art, and I guess it's always kind of been there, but it really felt strong in this. Yeah. So I, you know, I just wanted to call that out. Let's go to what's in the bag. What's in your bag, Rick? Well, let's start. We we kind of hinted at this character um, a little bit, but we're at the legacy issue fourteen of Jessica Jones, um, and we are back with perhaps her nemesis, probably her nemesis, at least if you've watched the Jessica Jones uh, Netflix show. Yes, because we have the Purple Man back in he's purple town, and he's the man, and this. If if you've gone back and read the alias, I think they're now they're called alias Jessica Jones, Jones. I think graphic the novels. Are, yeah, yeah. And the the Purple Man wasn't introduced until late in that series, whereas it was he was the entire focus of the Netflix series. Um, in that series, Jessica Jones was single, kind of well, an alcoholic not liked a lot by her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, she was really a hard-to-like person. A lot like the way Kristen Ritter portrays her. Exactly. Now we have a Jessica Jones who is married, has a lot of friends, and has a baby. Mm-hmm. And this plays right into the heart of where she is now vulnerable mm-hmm. and terrifyingly sore. So so um, it starts before 14, uh so get get the issue thirteen at least mm-hmm. uh, if you're not already reading it. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a this is going to be a good and I'm story. Back to I hope that Bendis gives and her a Bendis. Ha- I hope and I hope that Bendis gets to give her a happy ending and that Jessica Jones is never used again. I hope he he wraps the story at least. Yeah, but I mean it's it's so Bendis. Uh, you know, yeah, she, when you say never used again, you mean the book. As a separate entity. Well, that it ends and that Jessica Jones sort of disappears. Just like Jack Knight. You know, when James Robinson retired Starman, Starman ended. Yeah. That was it. Although, you know. She's in Defenders, though. Yeah, that's okay. But that's Bendis. You know, I I mean, right? Still writing Defenders. Yeah. And that'll finish up. That's what I'm saying. She can can retire away. And, uh, you know, it's almost like gaming with Morpheus, too. Or Daniel. You can only use Daniel in DC. Aren't they doing another Netflix series of her? Yes, they are. And that's fine. You can do the Netflix series all you want. I don't want the comics version. Okay. I want her to have a happy ending. And and with Bendis leaving Marvel, that that's a character that really defined his time there. And I just want that to, you know, be done. All right. I'm going to throw up. 
<laughs> My bad. Uh, <laughs> Please action, don't. Com- action Comics 991, uh, The Oz Effect Part 5. And the the main, I think this is good. It's really funny because I read Part 1. Did you see the lenticular cover of that? I did, but I, I decided to forego the extra dollar. I understand. Um, it's a pretty good cover. Oh uh, no, it was. It was. Don't get me wrong. But I. But there's only been one cover that I've had to have, and that was the one with the button with Jay Garrick. Right. Right. Um, but this, I just you know, uh, I read the first part and the last part, and because I have the two, second, third, and fourth part in a, in bags somewhere, and I just kept, I don't know which right. order, so I just went. I'm just going to see how this ends. Uh, this is going to lead directly into Doomsday Clock. Right. And uh, so I, I, this is one of those, like, I missed when uh, the adventures of Lois and Clark that, that basically introduced this Superman uh, back into continuity uh, happened. And those are great books. I, uh, great, t- uh, you know, it's a great trade paperback. Pick right, it up. Right, you know? right. And so it's just one of those things when you know that there's going to be a big event coming and a slightly smaller event is happening, you don't want to miss it. This... I, I don't want to reveal who Mr. Oz is if you don't know. It's shocking, and then I was annoyed, and then the way it ends up, I was like, I was like, oh my god! No, I. I it just, it's surprising how many books are actually involved in there because de- Detective mm-hmm. as well and Justice League. This was surprising because it's rippled through a lot of Rebirth, yeah. and the answer there is an answer here, and it's leading to a different mystery, which is of course going to be the Doomsday uh, Doomsday, Doomsday Clock. Clock. Um, so I, I like this, the really interesting thing, and I picked this up way back when uh, this criticism was happening within the Superman books, when this, when the pre, I guess the pre flashpoint Superman is the one who this is, right? but he's merged into the timeline. So he doesn't remember the old earth anymore, but right. there was a commentary through Lois and Clark where they were saying like this earth, this new 52 was harsher, meaner than where they were. And I thought this was Jeff John's statement about like, really want to go back to inspiring hope. Mm-hmm. And it's this, and the same thing is hap- It's brought up here again, that it's almost like I can see thematically what's happening is that Watchmen really was this gritty street level look and like, you know, superheroes, you're silly for believing in them. And if that's the earth, as most people suspect, it's no spoiler to say, because you know, you know, if people suspect, if it's right that Dr. Manhattan is the one who took away the 10 years and basically formed this earth, um, it does make sense that his, the earth he would form is a meaner, colder one. And I, I think there's an interesting commentary that I think comics can dry can bring people back into the escapism. Um, we're looking for a little more hope, and we maybe feel like we have lost it. And on both sides, I think politically, people feel like there's just a lot of fear going on. Yeah. And it and, and regardless of where of where you stand, and I think fear that, of change and fear of not being able to change. change, but also just that hey, we the doomsday clock moved a minute closer to midnight, yeah. you know? And so, and you gotta, everyone's aware of that. So we want that hope. We want that light again. And we have to turn to fictional characters. Um, and so I, I like that this is leading into Superman being that Vanguard. So, you know, yep. pick it up. Uh, the Oz effect the trade paperback will be soon, but right now action nine ninety one. All right. I'm going to skip this one. I'm going to go right to this. Why? One. No, cause you're afraid I'll steal it. 
<laughs> Which one are you going to? I know, I know. You, you, you were going with that one. We're fighting. Go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I'm sure so that's great listening. From Boom Studios, issue one of six of Kong on the Planet of the Apes. And we've got a great cover of, which is like a three. Oh, you got a different cover. Ha <laughs> oh, Yeah, you did. Nice. I like that cover. Yeah, that's a good cover. Um, you've got the Statue of Liberty in the background. You have a reclining dead ape. And then you've got a, a gorilla soldier in the foreground. Um, this this book actually surprised me a bit. Uh, it didn't go where I thought it was going to go. I, I've, been, I've been reading too many of these um, these. Planet of the Apes crossovers. <laughs> there have been a lot. There have been a lot. You know, this is Star Trek, and you know, you had Green, uh, Lantern, Green Lantern and Tarzan. Yeah, so it's it actually starts off with the after the first Planet Planet of the Apes movie, uh, Planet, the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, and um, there's there's a number of references to Taylor, and there's even a line that where. Uh, what what will we find out there? We'll find our destiny, which was the same thing. What what will Taylor find out there? You'll find his, his destiny. destiny. Yeah. Um. We've got and additionally, it ties in the original movie. Uh, yeah. For Kong, by way of a by way of an artif- a historic the new, the historical artifact. artifact. Yes. Yeah. So, I loved that moment. So there is no warp whole there is no Terran time there's no mystical thing this is just something that is on the planet of the apes and there is a there is a rather large clue washes ashore that uh, they're able to determine that they need to go off on an ocean bound trek which again made me think of the 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 black and white magazine from uh, from Marvel back in right. the day. And, and cinematically, it really has only been the township of the apes. It's, it's really, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Whereas, and, and, but that, it was, we were discussing before, the, the magazine, they went all over the yeah. U.S., uh, all over the Americas, and there was, I've got to go back. Which is being gathered and co- being collected by Boom Studios by Boom as well, Studios. Like great omnibus editions. So um, we have a voyage to Skull Island by a number of apes. That, it's, that, it's, uh, it's, it's cool. I enjoyed I, this book a lot as yeah, well. I yeah. did. Okay, so I'm going to try not to steal one. That you, see, I feel like I have... These are these are the two I have my stack left. Damn it. Uh, okay, so yeah. All right, I'm going to go back in then with... Uh, uh, with I recommend Ragman number one. I'm going to recommend Ragman number two because uh, when I recommend number one, I had not read it. Yeah. I have not read number two, but I did read number one. Okay. And I do think this is a really good reinvention. And that's the thing is with a lot of these characters, especially those that kind of came out in the 70s. Um, and I, last week I talked about Black Lightning, how Tony Isabella got a chance to really reinvent his, uh, his creation as if it were today. Um, and that's what's happening with Rag, though I don't think this is, uh, I keep wanting to say Guy Fox. That's not who the writer is, but his last name is Fox. Uh, Ray Fox. Um, it wasn't his creation, no. But this is a but this is a good redefinition of Ragman, kind of a a, a, a war vet uh, from the Iraq War uh, with artifacts, and we know that you know there was a lot of looting of of artifacts in Baghdad, um, and that's where the origin of this of the suit and Ragman now comes from. I thought it was a really good book. It was fun, and it's a character that I just never quite clicked with fandom, but everybody 
kind of likes him and so maybe this is the time that it will and it was it was that book has such a warm spot in my heart because that was uh that was the the year that a lot of the south american uh artists came Mm-hmm. to work for DC. Yeah. And so you had that book and you had, um, I'm trying to remember who did the uh, the Black Orchid book. or That was Nestor Redondo. Nestor Redondo. Yeah. Um, and I loved those books. And All right, are, so now the, we're going to fight over this for their, the third. Their art styles were so new and fresh and organic. Yes. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go with Master of Kung Fu. Okay, I knew you would. Yeah. Okay. But I only bet it's like a comment. About so it. Uh, Marvel Legacy, Legacy uh, Master of Kung Fu issue number one twenty six, and they actually in the back of the book prove the the numbering. Yes, which, I, which I is, love that. All of them which do. Is the nice. Power Pack one does too. This uh, is one of those one shots. This one's a little cleaner than a lot of them. A lot of them are. Uh, Shang Chi's Day Off, which is almost like Fer- Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, if you were Shang Chi yes. instead of Ferris. Um, Ferris has a new uh, Ferris. <laughs> Shang Chi has a pet, a monkey who oddly enough. Shang, Shang is wearing a much tighter fitting bodysuit that he's been sporting in most of his Avengers uh, Avengers episodes. Um, and although it's green on the front cover, uh, the monkey is wearing Shang's old style red pajama top. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a cute touch. My, I love this. I love the character. I love this book. Um, I know it's one of your favorites. It's not. It's not for me representative of what Master Kung Fu was about, but it was fun. But again, what it's I'm fun. saying is, this is one of those. This is you can, that if a kid yes, picks this up, there'd be indeed. nothing wrong. It's fun, and you read it over and over and over again. And it's also of note. I mentioned you hadn't noticed this. It is written by CM Punk, the former wrestler with WWE. I didn't notice that when I read. read so the first time. Uh, there we go. So my last one will be the Dark Knights tie-in this week of. Batman lost the um, an interesting frame. I you know I'm still not sure. I gotta admit, and I guess this is, I'll, I'll say positively about this story storyline overall is uh-huh. that for this issue or the oh, whole no, storyline, the whole storyline, yeah. this whole Batman metal, I can't or Dark Knight's metal. I can't decide if I'm happy about it, uh-huh. but I keep reading because I think it's cool. Like all those other Batman. The the dark the the dark worlds are like right. Eh, they're all they're all the, mo- the What if Batman had a bad day? You know, it's it's the but a different bat. You know, a different. What if Batman was the, you know? It's like a Grant Morrison concept, and I guess that's what I what is impressive. This is by Scott Snyder and James Tynan, right? And Joshua Williamson. So all three combined on this, and some great artists on this: Doug Monkey. Yannick Packett, people I love. You know. This one's different, though. This is more like the seduction of Batman's soul. Yes. Yeah. And so what I was going to say is that it took that that whole storyline, um, I'll say the Black Glove, uh, oh, yeah, or yeah. Batman R.I.P., whichever it was that Grant Morrison did, it actually made more more sense Batman out of, uh, about Grant Moore uh, out of Grant Morrison's storyline. Yeah. Retelling this and giving it more context yes. and sensibility. Yes. And that's what I mean. It's like, each one of those crossovers where you had a different Batman, right? It's like you know where this is going. His Earth is going to blow, uh, is going to die, right. and because it has in the last four issues. Yeah, yeah, you know. But the overall concept is like, okay, I don't want them to lose. I've already been through so many crossovers yeah. where where that's been. I know they're going to win. 
But all right, out of this, you're going to introduce some some bat guano insane concepts. <laughs> all right, you yeah. know, I, I I cannot wait for the terrifics. You're going to give me a plastic man on a team book with Metamorpho finally and Phantom Girl. What is Phantom Girl doing there? Yeah, you know, I'm I I, I it's almost like. I'm 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 enjoying going through this because now at the end you're going to give me my favorite treats <laughs> and and I need to do this because I'm obsessive about comics so that's how I feel and and uh, it's a beautiful book the art in this is amazingly wonderful no these are some of my favorite arts I love Doug Monkey yeah. uh, which you know I want to find uh, Doug Monkey did this book years ago that I I think Dark Horse did a reprinting it called Major Bummer have you ever read Major no. Bummer. You need to find Major Bummer. Okay. Aliens accident as a science project. Aliens try to give this really good guy super intelligence and super strength, and they didn't realize that phone books listed people's names backwards. Oh, so they give it to this guy who's a total slacker. Nice. And and then there's all these other lame like people that sort of have superpowers and they try to form a team and he's like. But he has no ambition, and it's and so when he actually just kind of like falls asleep, that's when the super indulgence kicks in, and he's like becomes this genius. It, it, it's a great, great book, and that's the first time I discovered Doug Monkey's art. Okay, and I and I love it. It it was a DC book originally, but it was creator owned, so it went someplace else. But yeah, and Yannick Packett, you go back to he did those Tom Strong adventures for Alan yeah. Moore, yeah, in America's Best Comics. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful artist. Um, you know, so yes. DC's pulling out all the stops with this, and it shows because you know, or they're rewarded by it because this is the best-selling book. This book got. confused me more than any of the other metal books, but I liked it better than any of the other metal books. I, I'd say this is the best yeah. out of them because it, I did not know where it, it was going over things I read years ago, yes. but giving them a context that suddenly, she, oh, I get this, yeah. and I really had this moment of, oh, that's why they're always Robins, yeah, and I'm like, well done, Scott Snyder. I know that's a Scott Snyder touch. Well done. Yeah. Well done. So uh, let's let's go to movies, shall we? Um, the other big, well, actually, since we're talking about uh, Dark Knights, let's talk Dark Universe before we get to the big story. Uh, that's a non-story, maybe. <laughs> uh, that apparently the 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 story with the that Universal's Dark Universe after a few weeks ago we talked about. Hey, Bride of Frankenstein is happening. No, apparently it's not. They pulled the plug. Darn, uh, that was the first one I was actually looking forward to. I know. And Dark Universe is dead. Um, you know, that that they're still kind of like looking, can they develop this? They're not they're not totally canceling Bride of Frankenstein, but they don't think the script's there yet. So uh, they're waiting to see if they can Just find make some creators. And that leads into the big <laughs> non-story, which uh, I thank Chris Kohler from Earth 2 Northridge uh, and also of the Nerdables podcast. He and I, uh, we messaged back and forth on Facebook, and, and he said that I, I got to the heart of it. Like, I did not run this rumor because it was rumor on Monday on Fanboy Planet. I didn't run it because it was rumor. And then it was even in the article, it says, like, even if this happened, it's not happening now. And so what the story is that Disney uh, was in talks with Fox, 21st Century Fox, to buy, well, actually they were uh, in talks with Fox Corp, to buy 21st Century Fox, meaning the studio, the movie studio. So all of the IP, they would not, would not have gotten Fox, the TV network, 
Channel right. 2 in the San Francisco Bay Area. They would not have gotten that, but they would have gotten FX and FXX. And, oh, um, yeah, and they would, but they wouldn't get Fox sports or Fox news. And Rupert Murdoch apparently wants to double down and that's where he believes the future is. But what you were just saying about just make good movies. This is the part that I, that I really zeroed in on is the reason that they want to sell it is that Fox believes that the only way to grow in market share is acquisition, not by actually making good movies that that's a sad state of affairs for us all here we say dark universe if you had just made a really good mummy they made a good mummy i think you said you finally caught up and watched it no i uh, somebody else tom cruise yeah i think i I know somebody else who watched it it's like it's a fun enough movie but because there was so much weight that it had to carry because you knew it was dark universe even began by saying with a dark universe logo instead of like just tell me like you think back to nineteen was it ninety seven when Brendan Fraser's that first one came out, like no one had knew, any expectations. Who knew that was going to be Nobody. any good? Yeah, and it, I love that movie. That's one of those that it's on TV. I stop and at least and watch it for at least five minutes yeah. because it's like yeah. that's a fun movie. And so if the mummy had been allowed to do that, that's fine. But when when you realize that Fox has all these, they don't know how to make good movies, right? And they would have gotten the rights to the TV shows as well. That would include X Files. Uh, that would include oh The Simpsons. God. That would include Family Guy, which is an odd fit. I think more likely that if it were to happen, and I, well, I'm going to say if it were to, because the article said they had talks. They're not going on right now, but this echoes a story from two or three years ago when the big Sony hack happened and we found out that Marvel had been talking to Sony about taking Spider-Man back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe right. and, then and it, it was dead and then it happened. Yeah. So I think the thing is Marvel totally wants to, Marvel, not sure. Disney, Marvel totally wants to get X-Men and Fantastic Four back. And... I think Disney would be happy to do that. I said this on Facebook. I'd like them to get it back so we can have a new Fantastic Four comic. What, well, and and but and also, but what better way for Phase Four of the Marvel Universe oh, yeah. to have cinematic universe to happen than the Fantastic Four? Yeah, um, we know that the scrolls are showing up in uh, you know Captain Marvel, um, but I think that they'll they would sell things off because there are still odd fits. You cannot put aliens and predators. In, in Disney. Now, Disney did once upon a time have a studio or, or a, 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 a label. Well, they did have an alien encounter, which was apparently yeah. too damn scary for anyone. It was very scary. I never rode that. Yeah, but uh, And not because I was scared. I've never been to Florida. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that, uh, so they did do an alien encounter. Extra, that's what, it, I, no, no, Extra was the movie, was a bad knockoff of Alien. So it was just, it was it Alien, was alien encounter. encounter. Um so we already know that's a bad fit. They used to have an imprint uh, or a label for releasing movies that were already at Hollywood Pictures. Uh, and they had Touchstone. But really, Disney has rebranded itself as it's the cradle to grave, but still family friendly. It's always PG-13 as hard as they're going to go. Yeah. So if they took over Fox, what happens to Deadpool? You get the X-Men back, Deadpool can't exist as Deadpool. Um, that way, unless they say there's an imprint that goes... No, 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 it's R-rated, but it's not Disney. It's, it's. I, you know, it, it was so successful. I can imagine that there you could make a. Final but they haven't. Argument. 
they haven't done it. You yeah. know, it, Disney has not done an R-rated movie in at least. Well, nothing's forced the issue for them. Well, and I just just well, and they they got rid of they they shuttered Hollywood. They haven't. I I think they shuttered Touchstone. They sold Miramax. They kept Miramax when they forced the Weinstein's out. But yeah. I just discovered three years ago they had sold it. I, I mean, I just discovered it in the last couple of weeks. I because I, I was watching a movie called American Satan, and it had Miramax at the beginning, and I was like, "This doesn't seem like a Disney movie." Uh, and then I wonder what Disney's doing. And then it was that that they mm-hmm. had, you know, and Miramax had done R-rated movies, but they, Disney doesn't own Miramax at all anymore. But neither do the Weinstein's. Um, so it's just kind of there's a lot of interesting potential, and if nothing else, but the most crucial thing. So I've learned so much this this last three days, researching of like the inside baseball that I love, because I know that it's the inside baseball that makes the things that everybody else loves happen. What would Disney get out of buying Fox that they don't have now that they, I think, kind of desperately need? And it's not just the X-Men and Fantastic Four. Yeah. It's A New Hope. Uh, they don't have the rights to A New Hope. Right. They own the rights to the characters, but they don't own the distribution of the movie. So apparently, this is what I, I did not realize this. I thought it was the whole trilogy they didn't have. They will get, no matter what they do, they could sit and do nothing, they will get The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi back in 2020. You could get the... So they could conceivably release the original unreconstructed versions of, of Empire Strikes two. Back and Return of Jedi right. in 2020. The, uh, they a, unless they buy Fox, they will never get a new hope. It right. is Fox's, which is the forever. one that most people want to see a digital version of the original yes. cut. And now I've had a couple of people offer. I could give you the codes. I could find the ways. And I'm like, you know, it's not worth it to me to go through a, the things and feel like I'm owning something I shouldn't right, own right, right. for how little I would watch it. Well, I still feel like I want to have a legal copy. I, I have, want it to be I have real. the Blu-ray, and I transferred yeah. my Blu-ray to DVD. And it's, yeah, I mean, you know, I know there's ways. There's there's, there's ways. You yeah. know, uh, they, they, I I know there are legal ways to do it. I shouldn't say, but I want it to be a real thing. I want I want my kids to be able to, you know, maybe they'll go. Oh, no wonder they redid it. You know, but <laughs> I I want them to know have that original. He really did shoot first. That's it. <laughs> Is that worth $4 billion for Han to shoot first? I say yes. Uh, <laughs> so, which then somebody else pointed out to me on Facebook. Uh, I think maybe it was Chris Kohler. From a certain point of view, there are at least three stories set in the cantina that tell the story and oh. none of them notice. You know, they all tell a different story of what happened there. So I got to get that book. That's one that I, I, I keep meaning to order. I get distracted by other things. Like you got me hooked up. I finally gave in to omnibuses and, uh, not only did I buy the swamp thing omnibus, but, uh, I just went, damn it. I, I, I wanted, I got to have it. I had the Howard, the duck omnibus, which oh, they yeah. just had a clearance on. So I'm like, okay. Um, so it'll be a while before I get there, but you know, so it's, in, it's a very interesting fraught with potential and, and it is still rumored. Like the talks are dead. Every report says the talks are dead, but what happened was on Monday, that announcement came out. I think it was CNBC broke the story. Fox's uh, stock went up 7% because everybody was excited that, Disney, yeah. you know. But the upside, you know, the truths that come out of this is Disney had the conversation. They're interested. And I, as like I say, I could see a lot of reasons why they would want it. I would also see a lot of reasons why it wouldn't work. 
Big but the more important thing is that is that Fox wants out of the movie business. Mm. Big deals like this rarely go down in the first meeting. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and on one hand, there are monopoly issues. Um, you know, I, I think I think that I read that if Fox and Disney combined, they would control 40% of the box office. Wow. Because Disney's already number one. And as they say, when I say they don't do R-rated movies, they've been doing pretty well with their reasonably family-friendly. They're at least 25%. Yeah. Um, Warner Brothers, I think, is next because they got they had Harry Potter. Um, you know, and we'll come back to a couple of Warner Brothers things, mm-hmm. too. Um, you know, so let's do that. Let's go to TV because there's another. See, that's the thing. Every day, some news story this week that's like, this changes explodes. everything. Well, it sort of does, which is that uh, Amazon has. I know them. Do we, they will <laughs> if Disney doesn't own us all, Amazon will own us all. Amazon is going to make a Lord of the Rings TV series. And I think what blew my mind most about it was I read a little interview with Sean Astin who said, well, you know, I said like 18 years ago when we finished the first one, I'm like, it's been how long? Uh, no, I think it's, that's, it's based on the Tom Bombadil short story. No. It's going to be 15 episodes. <laughs> no, he just said it's like he knew that it was coming back around I'm to TV. I'm just kidding, yeah. No, the real, uh, that Return of the King was like 2001. So it's been almost 17 years since the Lord of the Rings film. Oh my God! You mean they're really going to start the whole thing over again? Yes. Wow. As a streaming TV series on Amazon, live action, live action. Now we don't know when. They just know there's that the that the, the gates have opened. Um, <laughs> the gates of Mordor. The gates have opened. have opened. Well, Jeff Bezos very very specifically wanted that. Wanted to stop doing arty live act, you know, serious drama or drama D things uh-huh. and wanted to get into high fantasy because he thinks that's where the world, what the world wants. So, Ooh, Lord of the Rings walked in. So they're going to redo the whole thing. Now that, now we don't know anything about like who's involved. There's no creative team. They've just said, Amazon has just said, yes, we want to do Lord of the Rings as a television series. Now, you know, the thing is, when one, I again, I was blown away by how long it's been since the, the movies were actually made. In the cycle of things, 16 years is a long time. I guess it doesn't feel that long because we just, it hasn't been that long since The, the, the Hobbit. Hobbit. <laughs> well, it's been a few years since The Hobbit, too. But not that long. But, you yeah. know, but but Sean Astin's point was, well, you know, there was an animated film. Yeah. And uh, there, there was, was almost. There was more like 20 years between the animated 77 to 97 yeah that's 20 yeah. years um and uh or 79 to yeah i just remember it was anthony daniels as legolas and that uh, was 20 years of nothing yes <laughs> there was almost a beatles version back in the 60s that's one of the great lost or maybe not so great lost projects um i want the led zeppelin version you know but no the Beatles. that's one of the reasons why yellow submarine was made was oh. because uh, the Beatles owed somebody an animated film. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, so that's interesting. What they had, what is specific, and we we knew this project was happening. At least there was interest from Amazon, and now it's it's solid. Eight episodes of The Boys have been announced. So uh, that's just about the right length. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, season one of The Boys is going straight to series. No pilot. They're just on the strength of Preacher, I guess. 
uh, are going to do eight episodes of of the boys. They got to have Garth one. Ennis, Derek Robertson. This is a good year to be Derek Robertson. They got to have a like a cameo by Simon Pegg in that movie. Oh, I I would agree with you on that. Um, and so that's I, Amazon's making another big move, you know. I, and it'll be interesting. I mean, when, when they just picked up Comic Con HQ, they've got I think they've got Shutter. They've got all of Doctor Who with BritBox technically. Uh, like I say, we're going to be between that. You know, that's another reason why Disney would have wanted Fox is a lot of programming to create a, you know, for the streaming content channel. They're yeah. going to l- launch in 2019. I mean, right now, Fox could conceivably get away with an all Simpsons streaming channel. I think they did. I think there's a subscription service that just gives you access to all 28 years of The Simpsons. Another figure, wow. I hate to say. Wow. Uh, but there it is. Um, so if you have any time left over, let's talk. It's almost a preview of the gift guide uh, for television, which is that uh, today or yesterday actually was released. Uh, you, uh, you had to actually post on Facebook a little snarky remark about Ju- Justice League. Okay, the one time I talk about Justice League. Okay. Uh, which was that that we would see if DC would if DC would just get back it to was, what they're doing. I said it was ten days till we decide whether or not DC can continue with the with their live action, or they just focus on the stuff well, they do but the, good. This is the inside do well. This is the inside baseball thing. Better than is good. that it's not DC's choice, and it never has been. Uh, you know, these are all, and that's. Uh, I, We'll see, but but what we're talking about is I said DC Warner in the post. Yeah, it is Warner. It yeah. is just it is Warner Brothers, which is still separate. Yeah. Has a separate division from entertain. Um, you know, yes. I saw something. Oh, you know, I mean, before I even say what this is, is that you, you see that they released announced Niantic is going to do the Harry Potter AR game. Yes, I did see that. So, uh, we, so there we go. I've been calling that for a while. And it should launch at Universal Studios because it's Warner Brothers, so I don't know. But anyway, what they've uh, released yesterday, which is going to be a tasty gift for Christmas, uh, the 10th anniversary collection of the DC Universe animated films. This is 30 movies, at least 20 of which are really good. Yeah, and that's not a bad cut. No, I mean, you know, because I'm looking at this. Superman Doomsday, that was the first one they did. Um, 30 movies and five shorts. Yes. Oh, and the five shorts, uh, I will vouch that the Jonah Hex was amazing. And the the Spectre, Gary Cole is the, the Spectre. The Spectre is really good. I don't think I saw the Jonah Hex one. Yeah, it's Jonah Hex one's really good. Um, I don't remember the Catwoman one. I remember the Green Arrow one. It's pretty good. And the Superman Shazam, Return of Black Adam uh, is really good too. Um, out of this, it's a, you know, like I said, there are some that are not that great, but there are, you know, like... You could probably skip Superman Doomsday. You could skip Batman Gotham Night. It was really kind of short stories done. But but you've got the Batman Year One, the Dark Knight Returns adaptation. You've got the Wonder Woman animated. Green Lantern First Flight was pretty good. The New Frontier. Which New they Frontier, ju- Which yeah. they just released a steelbook of. It's a commemorative edition. Yeah. They, they just re-released that as a separate as well. Um you know, it, yeah. it, but it's all of them. I mean, yeah. you know, so it is. Not only do you have the shorts, you have the Judas contract. You have the, just did the Batman and Harley Quinn, Assault on Arkham, which is really a Suicide Squad uh, one. And I mm-hmm. said there are some in there that are, yeah. The one I, I, I got to keep looking, uh, All-Star Superman is there. And 
I didn't like the Doomsday one that they did. No, no, it's a Superman Doomsday is not. It's not yeah. that good. But but you go Crisis on Two, Earth, two Earths is okay. Uh, the All Star Superman is a great adaptation. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I, I remember Superman Unbound. I don't remember liking that one all that much. But Throne of Atlantis is the Justice League Aquaman one. It's a great one. The, everything with Damien has been really oh, yeah. good. Son of the Batman. So, Batman. you know, you've got all that. And then you've got the shorts. And then you've got new extras. So if you have the old ones, what's there? If you have the individual edition. Yeah, I'm just trying to think how many of those I already have. On the oh, shelf. I'm not getting rid of a one because there's yeah. all these old extras that I've enjoyed. Yeah. Plus, what it has, what those have is they would often throw in old animated series episodes. Right. You know, so you, it was a good package. But this includes uh, a documentary on Mark Hamill as the Joker, uh, a tribute panel to Darwin Cook, who was the creator of New New Frontier, which is great. An actual um, something you can't see on Comic Con HQ. An actual panel from Comic Con, <laughs> uh, the DC Universe 10th anniversary panel from last summer, 2017, and actually uh, from the archives, the 2008 San Diego Comic Con, the uh, the one the one that announced Wonder Woman, um, and then there's a comic, a comic book history of Justice League Dark, um, and then the episodes of the Gods and Monsters Chronicles, which they had done for uh, Machina. Uh, Machinima, oh, yeah. Machinima, Machinima, which tied into the Gods and Monsters, which is a weird little side project. Yeah. You've seen Justice League Gods and Monsters. It's it's really good. Yeah. It just took me a while to warm up to it because it didn't ha- – I, I, to get my footing on that episode, on that one. Yeah. Um, but it's good. Then you get a 40-page adult coloring book. Do you get crayons too? No. Darn. But you do get three Because you need the right colors for Aquaman yeah, in particular. You do get – who knows what they are now. Uh, you get three collector coins as well. I mean, it's just a, it's just a, a good pack, and it's a heavy pack. So it's, it looks like it's going to be about about nine inches by 11? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, and it's heavy. And That's why I didn't bring it over. Four I, inches I only, thick? I only brought the overlay – yeah. Uh, you know the casing because it because the box itself is just like it's just a heavy whoop excellent that's serious under the tree stuff oh absolutely absolutely yeah. so uh you know it'll probably come back next week on the gift guy uh gift recommendations because i do think it is do you know the retail price on it this collection now how much would you pay 30 movies five shorts and a lot of extras and three coins and an adult coloring book and a box and a box uh, is on Blu-ray, uh, even on Amazon, $299.99. That's, you know, that's about $10 a movie. Yeah, and I think about it, the, uh, so the, the Batman 66 box set was, I think, 200 when that first came out. James Bond was like, I mean, you could get it at say, on sale, but that was only 24 movies yeah. for 250 I think I ended up paying about 100 for it when it finally dropped. Yeah. But uh, you know, so uh, no, that's 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 entirely reasonable for a collector. It actually is, and if you're a fan, it's uh, it's great. Especially if you don't have them already. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I think I have most of them. I don't have all of them. I never did get uh, the Killing Joke. So now I will finally watch that. So I got the Killing Joke. I got I I buy mostly the Batman ones. I bought a few of the Superman ones. 
Well, I used to say I I I, I highly and they just redid the uh, a commemorative edition of of the Wonder Woman one, uh-huh. and I I think that the Wonder Woman for a long time that was my favorite out of all of them. I watched them all very. Rarely. I can watch New Frontier any time of the day. I think it's a great that is a great adaptation, and as we've said, All Star Superman. Oh yeah. Um, it's always it, better to read that graphic novel. It misses some some really yeah. good hunks out of the graphic novel, but to just sit down and watch and to introduce somebody else to that story, and then they watch it and they go, you know, go now would you like to see more? And yes, you hand them the graphic novel. Yeah. So uh, you know that's 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 it. What a week! And it's only Wednesday. Like while we've been sitting here, probably something huge and earth shattering <laughs> happened. <laughs> And it's and for once it's nice to say that about something in entertainment and meaningless. Like if I get bogged down in work and don't hear the news for like four or five hours, yeah, it used to be my joke. I got to check and see if we're all still here. But now I really tend to have that actual feeling. So you know, this is really nice to be able to say, "Oh, it's still a good time to be a geek." Yes. And, uh, yes. 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 You know, so that's that's good, and uh, and and this weekend, of course, uh, if this goes up in time, Murder on the Orient Express, starring Kenneth Branagh I and his ridiculous so mustache. I'm so for that movie. Uh, I'm probably going to see it Sunday night. I, I love I, the I love the the one that they did back in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that movie. I love the story, and this one looks awesome. I'm, I may go there first day, which I don't I'm, do that often. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm yeah. you know, but I said I'll probably get to it Sunday night. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening in once again. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. And if you there's something we talked about, like, oh, you know, you know where you could get that 10th anniversary collection? Amazon.com. Uh, you know, I'm just, you know, I, you know, we might say that. Or, you know, how are the .com numbers? How am I going to get to Amazon.com, though? Through a link on fanboyplanet.com. Oh, that's such a convenience. Oh, Rick, why be what so a patronizing? What a wonderful thing to do for people. <laughs> Come on. If you're listening to this, you've already found that. Uh, so, anyway, uh, there you go. And, of course, Think Geek has plenty of stuff, too. Uh, this is this is that time of year I start looking. It's like, hmm, is there a fun, ugly sweater? Although I resent calling them ugly sweaters. Because, originally... Somebody who loved you knitted that sw- a sweater that looked like that, and she did not mean it to be ugly. The Christmas sweater with the dinosaur on it? The Christmas sweater, yes. That was somebody who thought, my little Ricky likes dinosaurs. <laughs> I should show you the sweater my mother knit. I bet. See, and say she would be hurt if you called it an ugly sweater. And I don't think they're ugly. I got, I got, a, I got the, the uh, there are two, I'll say there's a cool Target one for Stranger Things. Uh-huh. From season one, uh-huh. you can actually get the uh, their LEDs on it, so it lights up and sends the message. Nice. Uh, uh, they they improved last year's Darth Vader Christmas sweater, and that one also lights up. But there's a really nice Christmas cardigan that I picked up that uh, is uh, at ats and the Death Star in sort of like you know Christmas. It's it's actually burgundy and tan, but uh, really nice and warm holiday. And you look at it and go, wait a minute. Is that Star Wars? Why, yes, it is. Uh, so this is the time of year where I start going. I start looking at what's T Fury and like going. Yeah. Uh, and they do, have not activated their ugly sweater section yet. Coles has had had some on already. I never go to Coles, and I should because I love. Coles them. is awesome because if you order enough stuff, shipping is free, and if you want to return it, you can return it at a local store. Oh, you go online. I go to real places. Yeah, I talk to people. I talk to people when I return stuff. 
and they go, oh, that guy. (laughs) Yes. All right. Rick, Brett, the Schneider. Uh, So, (laughs) all right. Hey, once again, thanks. Okay. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I'm Rick, Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your powers for for good. We're going to have to work on that. I know we will. I know. We'll get it. We'll get it. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.